episode 016 of the Energy Edge podcast. This is Mridhu Parikh of Life is Organized, and if you're interested in finding energy in your life, then the Energy Edge podcast is for you, and I highly recommend it. Then I could actually start looking at my day and actually saying, you know what, I'm really, I'm top heavy on these emotional burns. I got to find some ways to get just like the equivalent of a good avocado <laughs> and you know, it's good healthy food sitting there in that avocado. Yeah. Well, I got to find some ways to replenish my emotional energy. Welcome to the Energy Edge podcast, where we believe if you desire to get the absolute most out of your work and life, then finding your energy edge is a must. The Energy Edge podcast will help you learn to leverage your everyday major activities into an energy advantage so you can work and live at an optimal level. So let's begin. Welcome to episode 016 of the Energy Edge podcast. Today is an interview with Aaron McHugh of Work Life Play. Aaron has quite the story, and I'm going to ask a handful of questions of Aaron, and here are some of the following. How do you define emotional energy, and is it 100% renewable? What is an emotional calorie, and why does that even matter? And how are emotional calories depleted and replenished? and much, much more. It's go time. I'm here right now with Aaron McHugh. Aaron is a writer, blogger, podcaster, and career liberator. Love that word. He is the author of the best-selling book, Fire Your Boss, A Manifesto to Rethink How You Think About Work. I've read the book, love the book, and highly recommend Find Your Boss book. Aaron is mastering the art of living a sustainable work-life balance that includes rhythms of play and adventure constantly woven in. His work-life play message evangelizes the rewards from doing work you love and living your life with joy and vitality. Hey, Aaron. What's up, brother? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And you know what? We actually have a common friend that uh, connected us, Rebecca Livermore. And uh, you're actually part of the 2016 Successful Entrepreneur Online Conference that I hosted. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. It was really fun to do. And uh, look forward to having you again on that. And uh, one of the cool stats you referenced in the uh, Successful Entrepreneur Entrepreneur Online Conference, easy for me to say, Aaron. Yeah, right. Was that you had this personal quest, if I remember correctly, to climb all 58 of Colorado's mountains above 14,000 feet. And at the time, you had like around 21 or so remaining. Is that accurate? Any updates? Yeah, yeah, I've been chipping it away. So I'm down to 19 remaining. So since you and I talked in July, I think I got out a couple more times. And yeah, I'm working my way. Got a little list here on my next to my desk. I'm trying to knock out five to seven a year climbing season. We have to wait till the snow um, recedes or ends up being really, really long days, which I've done some of that too. So yeah, I'm hoping I'll get out another five or six done this summer. That's just, that's amazing. And that's super, super cool. And uh, you have heck of a commute to get there, right? I mean, living in Maine, so that's heck of a walk to get there, right? Super far, long commute. Actually, you are a Colorado Springs guy, is that <laughs> yeah, correct? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so door-to-door, it's easy. Like, uh, leave, you know, 3 o'clock on a Friday and at the trailhead by 6 or 7 and turn around and up, you know, up early at dawn and back home the, the following evening. So it's usually pretty easy to get back and forth on. That's awesome. That's yeah. absolutely awesome. So why don't you give us a brief background on your kind of this life reboot that you have, Aaron, from corporate 
world to what you're doing now and even kind of selling your house and belongings and your current mission of this work-life place. So can you unpack that just a little bit for us? Yeah, so about going on two years ago, we as a family, um, both me and my career, as well as just even in our marriage and um, things that occurred in our family life, just kind of bottomed out and just reached kind of, I just say, a dead end on the road that we had been walking of life. And we just really stopped down and thought, is this really what we want to be doing? Like, what are we doing? Whose life are we living? And, you know, we're in this kind of bloated suburban life and we're making a bunch of money, but that money kind of goes out the door quickly on all kinds of things. And it's just like, what are we doing? So we just stopped down and rethought, re you know, d decided to evaluate everything. And we really felt like it was, it was a reboot. And a friend of mine had sent me a quote from a author, Anne Lamott. And she wrote a book, uh, I think Chicken Noodle Soup for the Soul was one of the ones that she was famous for. And this quote was, everything works better, including yourself, if you unplug it for a while, it was paraphrased. That's a great line. Yeah, and it was. It was really true. So I really thought like, you know, on a Windows computer or your Apple machine, it's like Control-Alt-Delete shut it down, power it back up. And all of a sudden, mysteriously, things work better. And we just kind of took that premise and said, well, what if we did the same thing with our life? And we did go about the, the, the I guess, uh, journey of purging our life and sold most everything we owned and moved it from our house and took a leave of absence from my day job at the time and just really let our life get to an idol that it hadn't been in a really long time. And just really sat with our life and said, what do we actually want to do? And started envisioning what would it look like to reimagine our life. And it took us, it was really difficult and challenging because not many people do that. And so we thought we were crazy. Maybe other people thought we were crazy, but it turned out to be one of the best things we've ever done in our life. Which is what ultimately matters. And, yeah. I, and I love your story, Aaron, because obviously there's a correlation of how much energy that provided for you. And many of your messages really, really correlate with mine, which I absolutely love. Yeah, I did see. So with that, you have this concept and there's, you know, uh, we're talking about emotion specifically in, in an article that you had written. Mm -hmm. And we don't often think of a correlation between emotions and energy, ironically enough. So how do you define emotional energy? And is it 100% renewable? Yeah, uh, during this two years ago, when I had reached kind of the bottoming out period, I was really struggling to try and explain to people. So you could, people understand words like burnout, like, okay, yeah, burnout, I get it. And I was like, no, you know, it's, but it's deeper than that. Like I'm talking about, and people understand things like adrenal gland fatigue and but that's more of a medical term. And so I was really struggling to say like, what is it that I'm actually experiencing? And I started realizing that I'm just struggling with at an emotional energy level, having the the renewable kind of wherewithal to give a crap is some of it, what it was, it started. And what I started trying to articulate was just even with a conversation with the friends, I said, no, you know, what I'm actually experiencing is if my emotional energy is the part of me, this kind of incalculable, difficult to explain part of me that actually fuels and funds my life and the things I want to do and I want to accomplish. And that's everything from relationships to like health and work and career and family, and these things that I endeavor to my life to be about that has to come from somewhere. And so I started just kind of attempting to pick at this idea 
And I think what happened for me was because I've spent a lot of my adult life as an athlete and doing endurance events like climbing peaks is that I really started translating this idea of intake of calories and expenditure of calories that you would same thing you would do if you were climbing a peak or doing an Ironman triathlon. And I started trying to then correlate that with my emotional energy to try and begin to explain to other people and say, listen, you know, when I have an endless inbox of email and that I get 130 new emails a day in my career, that was two years ago, it was kind of the story I was living in, you know, that's costing me 500 calories emotionally a day. And I just kind of started going with it and then spent a lot of time writing about it, really flushing that idea out further. So you're using this term emotional calories. What is an emotional calorie and uh, why does that matter to our energy? Yeah. So my, my premise, my belief is again, trying to describe a, a difficult uh, nebulous thing because emotional energy, you can't, you can't open up um, uh, a textbook, a biology book and actually find out where are the energy cells, the, the actual stored energy in our body. So I've been trying to go through and describe, well, I think this is what it's like. And so what I've started to understand is there's a part of me that has where, where all of it comes and derives out. And so in you know, spiritual terms, people call from your heart, your soul, your spirit, whatever that may be. Right. Um, but I think that for, to try and describe that is to say that I, somewhere that has to come from somewhere. So I just started describing it as, let's just pretend for a minute that like if we were going to go run a mile, we have to have some stored energy and it has to come from a place in order to power a one mile run. And that's a good, so what, good example. Yeah. So just something simple. So let's just say it's a hundred calories to run one mile. Well, then that same thing is true for you and I to have a 30 minute conversation here. This has to come from some place of stored energy and that at an emotional level, because in order for us, you and I to have this conversation, We've got to say no to a bunch of other things in order to say yes to this, to then power and fuel this interaction we have. And so what I've just started doing is trying to say, let's just pretend for a minute we have emotional cells. Let's just say that, you know, from an analogy standpoint, that in our emotional cells is stored energy and that we have both nutrients that come into that to replenish those emotional cells with positive energy that we can then make available for expending for powering things we want to do. And then let's also then agree that we also have a burn rate. We actually have things that take calories away from us, just like you would if you're going to do this, this one mile run. So we have to think about nutrients coming in and then think about then burned energy going out. And then how do we go back and replenish these emotional cells, which I believe are storing this emotional energy for us. And then I just call, you know, emotional calories. Which makes sense because obviously we're initially coming from a perspective, okay, I can tell when I'm physically exhausted or tired or yep. I'm losing physical energy, yep. but not necessarily correlating it to, from an emotional point of view. You know, if I have a conversation as a difficult conversation and how much that drains me, yep. that does affect my energy. Is that kind of the concept you're, you're talking about? Yeah. So let me get real specific. So you and I just had a little brief conversation before we started recording. And you've been traveling a bunch, you know, uh, you've got sick kids. Um, whereas that kind of stuff, the juggling, you know, of emails and family. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I had to have a difficult conversation with someone that I work with. And so I begin to understand that each of these, just call them interactions, 
or requirements. Like for me, that difficult conversation with an employee, I started just saying, let's just call it, give it a calorie count. I'm just going to say that calorie count was 400 calories. You know, it was a 30 minute conversation. It wasn't a big deal. But what I started realizing is that if I'm going to have a diff difficult conversation, that's going to cost me 400 calories. But what if I started th thinking about it in the context of just like you would a diet. And if your diet is 2000 calories a day or 1500 a day is what we're supposed to intake. Well, then I have to kind of think about things at a budget level then. If I'm going to go have a 400 calorie conversation, and that means that's subtracting from my 2000 calories I have available to expend that day. And I think the base premise that's super helpful is all of this came as a result of me getting to a place that I had to accept that I had limitations. And that was a really difficult lesson for me because prior to that, I just believed that this idea of my emotional energy was a hundred percent renewable every single day I woke up. And I found out that was not true because I found myself in a deficit and I had to begin to retool and restructure the way I actually lived and made choices about my day and how I allocated my energy because I was in such depletion. And I've, I've spent a lot of time with people since then um, that are in similar places and maybe flirting with burnout or kind of on their way towards a unsustainable continuation of how they're living. And sometimes they are in seasons. But I think it's super helpful to begin to isolate and name what gives you energy and builds you back up and then what takes it away. So I started making two columns essentially is where it first started was, okay, here's the stuff I know takes energy away from me. Difficult conversations, too many emails, 14 hour work days followed by a dinner at night, nights away, you know, in hotels um, repeatedly for business travel. So I just kind of started making that list like this stuff takes energy away. And then what's the stuff that's actually really good for me? And I'm like, oh, sweet, time with friends, you know, time in the mountains, a uh, glass of wine with my wife, and just started making these things because then I could actually start looking at my day, my week, my month, my year, and actually allocating and saying, you know what, I'm really, I'm top heavy on these emotional burns. I got to find some ways to get just like the equivalent of a good avocado <laughs> and you know, it's good, healthy food sitting there in that avocado. Yeah. Well, I got to find some ways to replenish my emotional energy because the base premise of not, this isn't a hundred percent guaranteed to be renewable. It does actually require us to be mindful and intentional about how we're allocating our energy so that our life and work and play and relationships and health can look like we want them to, because this stuff doesn't happen on accident. You know, and Aaron, you said a number of really powerful things and kind of take it back to the beginning of the conversation of that is, you know, people like us, unfortunately, are hard drivers and usually high performers, you know, business professionals who are not looking over their shoulder at hey, the last guy, I'm beating the last guy so I can kind of coast. That's usually not the way we're wired. Nope. So as a result of that, unfortunately, most of us have to hit, you know, my analogy of a high performing car, we usually have to hit a wall yep. and or have engine problems <laughs> to slow us down. And obviously, that's what it took with you to kind of realize this whole concept. So unfortunately, you know, some of us have to learn the hard way. Um, thankfully for you, not only did you recover, but good came out of this. I mean, from learning some lessons yeah. you know, that kind of help us with this. And I just find it interesting, you know, for those of us who are listening to your story here, Aaron, is, you know, can we take the time to begin to analyze our life and to look ahead to realize, okay, 
physically, this is going to take a toll on me, but then also emotionally, this is going to take a toll on me. Yep. And if not, if, and when, I mean, obviously it's more when, but you know, if it's going to happen the next day or two, how do I find those pockets of time, which are going to refuel and put back in, and your analogy here, putting back in those calories, yep. is that an accurate summary? Yeah. And I believe that what changed for me, and I would encourage you listener as you're listening, because this is a little bit of an abstract idea is if we just make it simple and just say, let's, can we just agree that we're not robots? You know, we, we can't just plug into the wall overnight and recharge the battery hundred percent. Now, obviously sleep for me is a big component of a caloric positive intake. But I think if we can start with just saying, you know what, I do have limitations. There's only so much that I can do. And like you mentioned, Brian, people like us tend to try and do too much. And so what happens after doing too much for too long is that that energy has to come from somewhere. And I, I consider it to be like a, a law of the universe of like Newton's laws of universe of like energy is, 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 can be created and harnessed but it has, it has these laws of the universe that apply to it. And I think that's true for us. So because we're not robots, we have this, I'd call it like more heart-powered life is how my life is, um, heart and soul. And I've been a robot numerous times in my life where I just attempted to programmatically just get stuff done. Yeah. And I could for a while. And I think that's one of the things that makes this even more difficult to nail down sometimes is a lot of times in season, you can just power through stuff. But if you look at the end of a, a powering through season in your life, like you mentioned, not only do you have physical, you know, just, just tired. Well, sometimes like I was on uh, anxiety medication. I was stressed. My uh, resting pulse was like 92. It was, it was all out of control. Wow. So it was really, really bad. And my body was trying to tell me something. So I was forced to listen. But I think the, to me, the hopeful part of this is you don't have to go through a burnout and have a resting pulse of 92 to have this same benefit of beginning to approach your life this way in a more intentional way. And just starting with, I would call like a more honest way of living and to think of it as like, okay, I have this reservoir, this energy tank that I get to fund and fuel and invest for my life. How do I, what do I want my life to look like? what I want my relationships look like, et cetera. Now I have to then begin to budget and think through where do I want to allocate this stuff. Because what I hear from a lot of people is, and like me, I was disappointed with the results because not enough of the things I wanted to have happening were happening. But I also looked at some of that was my fault. A lot of it was because of how I was choosing to allocate my energy. And so now I'm a lot more shrewd about how I go about what I say yes to and when I do things. And if I know it's a big cost, I know it's going to take me, you know, I'm going to have to go travel for 10 days for work. Well, then I spent a lot of time before fueling up and getting ready for that emotional, you know, caloric intake to make sure my reservoir is pretty full. And then I try and take some time off on the back end and just say, listen, I'm, I'm spent, I'm cooked. I'm not going to pretend I'm going to bounce back on Monday and just be in the game again. Now I've got to go actually replenish again so I can get back to my A game again versus living in a depleted kind of anemic state all the time like I did for years before that. You know, and in going into that anemic states, you know, and you, you made a good observation and both of us kind of gone through our own different crashes in different ways. You know, we just we just push that gas down. I mean we do not 
we choose not to have the governor on or we pull the governor <laughs> off the, you know, the gas pedal yeah. and we just go hundred miles all the time. And we just don't realize, and you used a word that I love, which is cost yeah. and learning to ask at what cost is this going to be? It'll be a short-term cost or a long-term cost. And if, like you said, you were traveling for a while and gone and then come back with a heavy schedule, you could probably pull it off. Yeah. I think though the problem is going to be, a, you know, again, at what cost? Yeah. And, you know, would you assume that or say that each person has different refuels that's going to help them to replenish this emotional energy? Can you talk about that for a moment? Yeah. So I believe that there, for each of us, there's a unique set of, uh, call them nutrients that are positive things. And so for you, maybe reading a book, you know, by yourself is like a positive, that's 150 calorie of good nutrient intake. So let's just call that, you know, our avocado. And nice. then, um, then I think that there's things like what maybe for me, uh, an hour, or 30 minutes outside, I'm taking a walk with a friend like that to me is like equivalent of that avocado. So I think for each of us, it's really important that we get clear on, Hey, what makes you excited? What fills you up? And what I found is the interesting thing is at such a basic level, Brian, a lot of people don't even know. Because they've just been going, you know, their, their world of obligation, of commitment, of duty, of being, you know, good humans. They just have just been on autopilot for so long that to even get to the, well, what does fill you up? Now, I have found that most people are pretty clear about what takes energy away from them. They're like, oh, my brother-in-law. <laughs> nice. An hour with that guy, Thanksgiving. Good, good thing he didn't say mother-in-law. Yes, right, yeah. So whatever those things are, I think it's first of all helpful. Then I think what's helpful is understanding that I believe each of us does have a, a scale, what I'll call is like a rate of depletion. So again, if, if for me as an athlete, spending time on a mountain, um, you know, I know that hour six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 are really going to be highly influenced by what I ate in hour two, three, four, and five during the day. So I have to, in order to power this endeavor I want to do, I have to have been intentional about my caloric intake, the way I rested, all these different things. So what I think happens for each of us is sometimes stuff that would fry me may not bother you at all. So, you know, you're, you're a, a wherewithal to hang out with my brother-in-law, and I'm using that fictitiously. Um, you know, maybe totally fine. Um, but my resilience with that, I, I burn a lot. My calorie burn rate is, is, is higher than yours. So I think this is highly specific to an individual, but what I started looking at is saying, you know what? Okay. For business travel, I can do a night or two away fine. And that my rate of depletion on that isn't that big of a deal. But I started looking at it like from a math standpoint and just saying, you know, I think what happens for me is night three, night four and night five away from home on business travel, I have a compound factor, an X factor that gets added on my rate of depletion because I'm tired. I don't sleep as well. I'm away from my family. They're long days. And I just started realizing like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot keep doing this week after week after week. So I had to go through and figure out what are those things that just beat me down and that just zap me where that I end up coming home. And the challenge I found was, when I started getting clearer on these things that were depleting me, then and put me in a red zone is what I would call it, then I actually could become choosier and more selective on which ones I allowed to happen. Or maybe just, you know, maybe I could trim off a day or two on business travel and get home a day or two early. 
or maybe if I had to have this difficult conversation, um, you know, with a, a neighbor or a family member, maybe I could wait till Tuesday morning of next week at 9 a.m. when my energy is usually better than a Thursday at 5 p.m. Because as the week progressed, I started seeing that, man, my energy just gets zapped. By the time I'm at Friday, I'm just cooked. Whereas like Monday morning is full of all kinds of meetings, but Tuesday morning is a pretty good sweet spot. Like I'm feeling pretty good about life. So if I'm going to have a difficult conversation or a difficult engagement or thing that's going to zap me, I'm going to try and slot it into that spot in my life so that I can actually offer my best. And all of this to wrap it up in terms of a high level summary is it's how do you optimally manage your emotional energy so that you can power your life and be your best self when you show up to it versus just barely skidding by all the time. And yeah, you get it done, but it isn't that great and you're not that proud of it. And, you know, that is a high level of self-awareness, you know, to be able to, first of all, know thyself and then know thy schedule and know, okay, yeah. you know, for me, if I'm, if I'm at, you know, I'm out and I'm with a ton of people, I'm at a conference or whatever, you know, it's as odd as it sounds for somebody who sees me, you know, if I have a half an hour, Aaron, and I can put my Bose headphones on, put a little bit of music on and just read for a little while and just kind of refuel in that way, yeah. I can go back, you know, for that second round or that business dinner or, or what have you. Mm. But uh, you mean, yeah, it's so, so true of really looking at our own lives and kind of being preemptive to yeah. realize, hey, if in order for me to be at my best, to do my best work, to live the life that I want to, if I can wrap my head around you know, this emotional energy, emotional calories. And I even like the reference you talk about where using almost like looking at the nutrients on a nutrition bar, yep. the packaging label, yep. start to label out, okay, if I have 1,000 calories within a day or whatever for emotions on this within my day or upcoming, what could be those that could take it out? And then to your points, what can refuel it back in? Any, yep. any closing thoughts, Aaron, um, on this conversation? No, I think that, that that example you just gave, Brian, is absolutely perfect. Is to say 30 minutes for Brian Buckley with a Bose headset, reading and listening to some music, isolated by yourself, puts 200 calories back in your tank. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So for you, that's a bullseye on nutrients. And I think what's so great is if it, for, for you and I, and it is, does take a high degree of awareness, I agree. But I think to begin to think about our life and say, where can I seed that in? Where can I schedule that? Where can I borrow 10 minutes, 30 minutes, 22 minutes to make sure I'm adding something to my tank? Because it really, if I'm going to go to this conference, like you were just describing, I want to show up and I want to do this thing. I don't want to be gassed all the time. So how can I make sure that I shrewdly insert in these positive, you know, <laughs> snack times to make sure I'm filling my tank so I can do the stuff I love. Well, that's excellent, Aaron. I think, you know, this is one of those conversations where it's, um, you have to almost listen to it again, you know, and just kind of <laughs> self-reflect to realize, wow, man, if I were to look at my life in that aspect, and if we're really wanting to do what we want out of life, we really have got to get a handle on this. And especially if we're serious about an energy edge. So uh, lastly, Aaron, where can people find out more about you and, you know, what you've got going on and any upcoming, um, events or activities or anything about all that fun stuff. Yeah. So Aaron McHugh.com and it's two A's A A R O N McHugh M C H U G H.com. And there's probably a couple things I think that your listeners would be stoked about. Um, one, I just completed a um, seven day Kickstarter, if you will, um, to 
restoring balance. And so it's just a free mini course that you can opt into. And the intention is seven days in a row, you receive kind of a, a, a set of ideas as well as some just practical steps you can take to restoring balance, which is some of what we're talking about here. And um, then the other thing is my wife and I are actually putting on a two day rebooting your life conference or session or workshop or I don't know what we should call it. Um, but we're going to spend some time with people um, here in Colorado Springs on May 5th and 6th. And we've registration is available at AaronMcHugh.com backslash reboot. And that's going to be really fun. I, I won't give away the uh, schedule of some of the stuff we're going to do, but it'll be very life on life and very interactive and then very kind of exploring. This will be one of the big ideas that we actually explore in more detail um, while we're there, while you look at your life, rethink, unplug, and reimagine what it might be like if you actually could reauthor and rearchitect your life for a life that's more sustainable. Excellent. Well, Aaron, I'm a big fan of your content. I love just the, the simplicity um, that you're really trying to get to and uh, something that's definitely for all of us. So thank you so much for that. And I really appreciate your time with this interview. Yeah, man. So fun. Thank you. We believe sleep is foundational to develop an energy edge. It's challenging enough to be productive and creative, especially when you're tired or even exhausted. But what if you had a quick guide to give you a jump start, something to point you in the right direction? That's the exact reason for the sleep guide called Sleep Your Way to the Top, 10 Secrets to Getting Better Sleep. To download your free copy, visit www.energyedgepodcast.com. That was www.energyedgepodcast.com. You can also find the link in the show notes. Now, back to the podcast. This is the place in our podcast where we do the interview breakdown, and I love this part, and I loved this interview with Aaron McHugh. It was my favorite, I think, by far, and sometimes I think it's because it hits us right where we're at. So with all the transitions I have in my life, emotional energy is huge right now, figuring out what fills me up and drains me and so, so forth and so on. But I loved it and I really appreciate it. So let's get right to it, Brian. What were some of your takeaways? Well, ironically enough, I knew Aaron as from the interview, he was uh, introduced by a common friend, uh, Rebecca Livermore, and he was also on my online conference this past fall and just really hit it off. But you know what? I never, ever, ever thought of the correlation, Treva, between emotions and energy. And so as Aaron and I were talking, and I'm like, man, that would make a great podcast episode because we just kind of plow through our day and we just never even think that emotions can affect our energy. And we have everything else going on, but this emotional drain, or as he puts it, emotional calories that are spent, it was just kind of a brand new, kind of an aha moment, you know, in this concept and uh, really, really captivated me. Yeah. You know, I'm going to just go off of that one too. I understand the emotional drain, but I loved how he explained it as a calorie count. I have never heard that. And I thought that's really a really good thing so that you can remember, you know, what's happening as you're getting, as you're draining. And he says, you know, that each conversation, you know, it has to come an emotional conversation or a hard conversation has to come from somewhere. 
So if I'm having a difficult conversation, like subtracting it, it does get subtracted from your total energy. And I love when he said I had to retool. He had to learn how to, you know, relive his life and, and redo his day and space some of these hard conversations out so that he doesn't drain his calorie count. I, I loved it. How about you? I know you've got another one. Yeah, I think, and what you mentioned was really, really good because we don't often think about that. You know, I think for me, it's just my emotional bank, as he put it, doesn't automatically renew and refill. And just one of my lines is just because I start a new day doesn't necessarily mean I have the energy, you know, to make the best of the new day. And in this case, especially with emotions, and I just think through so many times when we have emotional drains, that difficult conversation or something that happens that causes us stress and we just, oh, I just need to go to sleep. Or sometimes, you know, we, we put it off in the wrong way. You know, we end mm. up making it a vice and mm -hmm. um, a stress release. But that doesn't necessarily refill that emotional bank. And, you know, I'm constantly looking at, you know, from a health point of view, you know, calories. But, wow, what if I actually took the time to consider looking at my day? Could I space out these emotional situations? And Or if I cannot... And they are draining to me. How do I put something back in that actually refills me so I can continue my day and, you know, work at that optimal level? And uh, that was that was very, very revealing to me and something I know I definitely need to work on. Right. And me too. And so to put a practicality on it, one of the things I like that he said was being shrewd about what I say yes to. And again, kind of affects right where I'm, I'm at because everything's new for me. I've moved, I moved my business, I moved across the country. So I want to say yes to everything, including my business conversations, social engagements, you know, so on and so forth. So I need to be shrewd about what I say yes to, uh, and be intentional like you talked about. So those well, are some of the things. No, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to flat out interrupt you, Trevor. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> You're good at that. No, well, thank you. And, <laughs> you know, because especially this is a great point for you, Trevor, because you have so much life change going on right now that uh, there's a lot of things that are being thrown at you that could potentially throw you off. And some of us, we just like new things all the time. And mm -hmm. uh, we don't necessarily get that rhythm down. Or in your situation where a, a dramatic season of life changes and, you know, just the drain that it provides and how much that becomes emotional because everything is new. And even though you may have your good habits of the things we talk about all the time, the given energy edge, you know, the sleep, uh, nutrition, you know, the movements, you know, taking breaks and downtime and personal development, there's still this emotional side that can really, really hijack our energy and uh, you're learning that right now in a in a big big way. And absolutely, yeah. To your credit, Treva, and I think you know, kind of a closing point here as we wrap this at least the interview breakdown up was, you know, sometimes we learn the hard way. I know you and I have done that, and we've 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 become graduate level at learning things the hard way. Yes. But some of the things we don't have necessarily have to be reactive on. And mm -hmm. hopefully, some of the goals that um, are being accomplished through this podcast is that how do we listen to this content and we make some changes voluntarily, which are proactive as opposed to, you know, getting emotionally drained to the point where we're just zapped and of no benefit to anybody. Um, and how do we start to be proactive? Does that make sense? That is a very good point from which I'm not sure where it came from, but it was really good. Well, <laughs> well, was it worth the interruption? <laughs> it was really good. And I say that all the time because, you know, it's not worth being in bed for five years like I was and, you know, just reacting to things. So being proactive, I'm all about that. And I say it all the time. I love it. So obviously, Brian and I have a lot to say about this podcast episode. It, it really affected both of us. So what we want to do now is leave you with the what nows, kind of the 
very simple, practical tips that you can take away. And we have two of them. So Brian, why don't you give us those? Well, I'm going to give the first one here. So one is just learning. And you and I talked about this kind of off conversation here from the podcast is just starting to write some things down in our life that could become emotional drains. And some of them may be very obvious. And I think some of them are just like, well, I never really considered that, you know, a difficult conversation or, you know, an interaction that you've got to have or just dealing with a lot of people and uh, what can emotionally drain us and just starting to get a handle on what those could be proactively. What's the second one, Treva? Absolutely. And just to add to that too, it could be a task, you know, like he said, emails and things like that too. So, um, and then to do this, uh, start thinking about this, what can you do to begin to replenish your emotional calories? So what fills you up? Um, some of the things that you might not even know. And he said, those things sometimes are harder than the things that drain us to recognize that. So if you can begin to replenish your emotional calories, what would that look like? Excellent. Well, we are just going to introduce a small little new segment called a rate and review shout out. So we have been honored by the number of people who have taken the time and effort to do a review, rate and review of our podcast. And I just want to give a couple shout outs here. One is from uh, Dr. Michael Hudson. He has got a brand new podcast, which I absolutely love called Get Your Message Heard. And you can find Michael Hudson at michaelhudson.com. And he had put down on this Uh, As a rate and review, I love the approachability of the information you're sharing each week on a subject we all need to understand better and address more intentionally. Love it. So Michael Hudson, thank you so much for taking your time on there and a big fan of your podcast as well. Get your message heard. Well, guys, we're thankful that you have made it to this point in the podcast and we want to wrap, wrap this episode up. Here's a preview of our next episode, 017, and it's on the subject of downtime. And downtime seems like one of those oxymoron words of how in the world do I have time for downtime? Well, we're going to argue the true benefit of downtime and even offer a number of of tactics and some strategies on how can we effectively do downtime? What would that look like in our lives? And what are some of the benefits? So, well, we hope you were challenged and encouraged by this interview. We'd love if you would be willing to share this this, uh, podcast with somebody. And if you are willing to do a rate and review, we'd be happy to uh, mention that rate and review along with if you've got a website or any content that we could promote for you, we'd be happy to do that. So as always, we'll try and do better next time. Go and get your energy on today. 